We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i am one of your co-hosts dusty evely with me is sarah kelleher no steve perhatch today steve is not feeling well a little under the weather so we hope he gets better and joins us next week but for tonight you got me and sarah we've got some big news that we want to talk about we're going to start with the Biggest news off the bat, the really important stuff. Sarah, what are your thoughts on the Stranger Things trailer? Oh, I'm just so glad that you asked. I'm <laughs> so excited for Friday. I'm looking forward to it. I'm having two of my best friends come over after work. Um, so I am packing my day with things to do so that it will go by as fast as possible. Uh, the trailer was awesome. That Kate Bush run up the hill. Um, song in the background, but it was like a remix. So they were really just getting me pumped up. So I can't wait. I'm very excited. Beautiful trailer D- to me. Cinema just can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I have, I have nothing to add. I have no one coming over. I have no big plans. I'm just going to shut myself in a dark room and watch it. And I'm very, very excited about it. Uh, all right. So we do have two bits of Packers news to talk about. Listen, they're small. But this time of year, we're just grasping at anything we're that comes take across. Anything our we can get. Just we take those morsels. It's like the uh, in Robin Hood when the mice take the little crumb and they like split it up amongst themselves. And it's the saddest thing you've ever seen. It's like that, but with Packers news. That's us. We're the mice in the prison in Robin Hood. Uh, so first off, we've got uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers nominated for two ESPYs. He is nominated for best athlete in male men's sport, one that he has never won. He's going up against Steph Curry, Shohei Otani, and Connor McDavid. And he's also nominated for best NFL player, which he's won four times, 2011, 2012, 2015, 2017. He's going up against Cooper Cup, TJ Watt, Jonathan Taylor. I feel like he probably wins best NFL player. Uh, you know, Cup maybe gives him a run. Uh, I, I don't know that he's seat, unseating uh, Curry or Otani. Honestly, those guys seem like they probably will, will take it over Rogers, but we'll see. So, Sarah, what are your thoughts on this very important bit of news? Yeah, I mean, good for Rogers. Congratulations. I'd be shocked if he doesn't win, like you said, best NFL player. I don't think there's a chance that he beats Steph Curry, especially after Curry just won the championship with the Warriors a couple weeks ago. Um, but, I mean, cool. Good for him. Again, like we know, I think we'd both prefer to be talking about actual real football news but hey it's something with news uh related to the nfl and aaron Rodgers, so we'll take it congratulations aaron Rodgers, on your sv nominations if you would have seen my face when i came across like the the news article on that i was like oh my goodness something to talk about i was just beaming <laughs> ear to ear man thank god and then, <laughs> there's one other bit of news uh that <laughs> Is this news? I don't know if it's news. Over on uh, Packers.com, there's an interview my, uh, Mike Spoffer did with Josh Myers, which is a pretty good interview. And in it, and this is newsworthy, and I've seen other sites write this up, which is why I am talking about it. Uh, Josh Myers has said because of the the injury this past year to his knee, which he never had knee injury before, he is going to wear braces on both knees in 2022 something that's not typically done at the nfl level for a lot of these younger guys because you want that mobility but he seems like that's something that he wants to do for the comfort of it and knowing that he's secure so sarah what are your thoughts on josh meyer's knee braces 
Yeah, so this is definitely interesting, and I think we've seen it happen over the years, especially with guys on the line, um, because it's just constant pressure, constant impact. I can't imagine, but that's tough. You know, I've um, I've talked out before how I uh, had a knee injury back in my soccer days, and having to you know rehab back from it, and then wear um, a big brace on just one leg was really hard. Um, And after a few months of being back, I basically begged my doctors and physical therapists, can I please go to something a bit smaller? This is really tough to move and pivot in. Um, So the fact that he's going to play with two, I mean, more power to him. It's definitely interesting. But if that's what's going to protect him, keep him the most stable and um, healthy, then obviously I'm all for it um, and hope that that's something that can just, you know, allow for longevity this season. I think what we saw from Myers last year was really promising, and it's somebody that could be another Corey Lindsley for the Packers. But the health factor is such a big um, contributor. So if this is going to maybe help mitigate some of that, then by all means, let's let's do it. Let's you know wear the double knee braces. That's good. And that's interesting. Um, just kind of talking about your, your own experience with that. I enjoyed that. Um, well, Sarah, I think we're going to wrap it up with five, a short, <laughs> tight five minute episode uh, today. Thank you for everyone listening. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're going to do a little bit more. So we decided to do this last week. We want to do a Packers all decade team kind of looking back and putting together our team, you know, starting whatever 2011 to 2020. Uh, Steve is not here, uh, but we're still going to do it anyway. And I guess he'll, he will give his thoughts next week. And so what we're going to do now, before we get to everyone's questions, we're just going to hit our all decade team. We're taking the offense and the approach we kind of took was who are the guys you want? We don't have to necessarily have to have the exact same positional mix. I know I went with one running back. Sarah went with two and sacrificed a wide receiver spot. So kind of a little bit of roster building there. Not a ton because there's only so much flexibility you can do. But uh, we are going to get into that now. So Sarah, the biggest one, quarterback. Who uh, Who's going to unseat Seneca Wallace? Who do you have at quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> I know this will be really shocking for some people, but I picked Aaron Rodgers as the Packers all-decade quarterback. I know this is Really hard to believe. Dusty, who do you have? Because I don't really think my answer warrants an explanation. Yeah, I too went the boring route and just took Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he seems pretty good um, in that right. stretch. So I felt felt solid with my pick. So Aaron Rodgers, no big surprise. Uh, we'll go to running back where it gets starts getting a little more interesting here. Um, I went with, we were talking about this beforehand. I was like, I'm going to do all this research. And then I had most of my all decade team filled out before I looked at anything because I had names for most of these guys already. Same. Uh, this running back. There was I had a little internal conversation with myself. It was very short, didn't last very long. I almost went one route, but I ended up going with my gut, and it's Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy with a very short prime, but when he was in Green Bay, tremendous, both as a runner, underrated receiver. I know people will you know talk about his weight or whatever for a big guy. Even when he came in the league, he was not like fat, but he was kind of a stocky big guy. Really good feet. Really good feet, tremendous power, really agile, just a tremendous running back. And so that was my kind of, I almost went Aaron Jones, but I just love Lacey. Lacey's always been one of those, what if uh, McCarthy didn't run his leg off when he had the bad ankle? How does his career shake out? Because he was looking real, real good. So my running back, Eddie Lacey. Sarah, who do you have at that position? Yeah, so as you had alluded to, I have two running backs, Eddie Lacey, one of the two. Um, And like you said, short prime, but that prime was really just fantastic. You know, from 2013 to 2015, he had at least 750 rushing yards every season during that span. He made the Pro Bowl in 2013. So really good stuff. I I remember, you know, watching as a kid, um, and this was the first time where I felt like, okay, the Packers, we have a running back. Like we we have somebody in the backfield that Aaron Rodgers can pass the ball or can hand the ball off to. Um, and kind of balance the offense out. So I that was a kind of a defining moment um, as I grew up and you know began to understand the game more. And he definitely deserves to be on the all-decade list. Um, and the other running back I went with is Aaron Jones. Um, and similar to Aaron Rodgers, I don't think it, it warrants a ton of explanation. Um, but personally, I think that he's the best running back that the Packers have had in quite some time. Um, and he's also the most dynamic. So we've seen, especially in the LaFleur era, not only is he able to run the ball well and he's, you know, can pivot and he's quick and speedy, but he's also a really great pass catcher. Um, and in the type of scheme and offense that they run now, that's super important. And it allows him to maybe get more touches than he usually would, not necessarily in the backfield, but just in general and in total. 
And, you know, we've talked about it too, that it's very possible that this year he could kind of be the Packers number one wide receiver in a way too. Um, So a guy like that, who's been able to make an impact so quickly. Also, I think he, in my book kind of gets some points for loyalty too. He could have easily gone and taken the money and signed somewhere else, but he understands the opportunity that um, is there in green Bay and, and he, he wants to stay and he's continued to stay and perform well um, and kind of, opposite you know knock on wood i'm gonna knock on my desk here um of eddie lacy he's has been able to for the most part stay healthy i know that there's been injuries here and there but nothing too significant that's really kept him from when he does come back from an injury performing well so hopefully he just continues um to do that and continues on that regiment of good health um and if so then yeah he'll be on this list for me for a long time very good. Yeah, I like that. I that was a it was a good way when I was like, I don't know Eddie Lacy or, or Aaron Jones, and you just took both of them. That's that's a smart move. Um, I was thinking I should have done that when I was looking at other stuff here. Uh, so let's move on to wide receivers. So you took two running backs. That means you have two wide receivers. This seems fairly obvious with the two, but who are your two wide receivers, Sarah? Yeah. So I'll start with the most obvious, and that would just definitely be Devonte Adams. I, again, like kind of the name is enough of an explanation, but just if we really want to dive into the nitty gritty, so. Looking, you know, this is from US Today, um, USA Today. They actually did a story basically after Adams left the team that talked about his impact and really said, yeah, so you knew Devontae Adams was good, but did you know just how good he was for the Packers? And in this story, they mentioned he holds the Packers team record for catches, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns in a season, and that he also ranks number two in franchise history in receptions with 669 and receiving touchdowns with 73, and is number four in receiving yards with 8,121. He's also the only player in NFL history with three seasons, so that would be 2018, 2020, and then 2021, um, with 110 plus catches, 1,350 plus receiving yards, and 11 plus receiving TDs. So, with all of that being said, Devontae Adams is definitely uh, the wide receiver one on my all decade team uh, for the Packers. And that's just, you know, there's no argument. If, if you don't have him on your list, then I, I want to talk to you because I don't know what you're doing. Um, and my other wide receivers, since I only took two would be Jordy Nelson. I think it's a little combination of a few things here. So a selfish pick for me because he was kind of a player that I grew up watching. And I know Jen is like the certified Jordy Nelson stand, but um, you know, we're, we're close at age. So I think we kind of lived through the same era where he was in his prime and he was wide receiver one there for Aaron Rodgers, And that was just really exciting to watch. Um, but um, I think something that stands out for him, uh, for me with him too, is his comeback of the year in 2016. And he was named comeback player of the year after tearing his ACL. Um, you know, that was later in his career too. And I think a lot of times when guys have a serious injury like that, you aren't sure, are they going to ever be the same? And he came back and he played extremely well that year, did what he needed to do. Um, and, you know, there's there's so much more from the Super Bowl um, in that run than, you know, 2011 too, and just the crazy wide receiver core that the Packers had that year. I know that that's technically right before this last decade started since we're in 2022 now, but he just had a wonderful career with the Packers. And I'm I'm glad that even after he left that he came back and then retired a Packer because he deserves to to have that recognition. Yeah, no, and I, again, I, so I went with the three. Um, the two you mentioned, I mean, Devontae's the, the as you said, the no doubt slam dunk. He played, you know, came in in 2014. So he started a couple of years after we kind of started looking at this and just ascended from a uh, number two to a struggling number one in his second year when he kind of had to step up when Nelson was out to just one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the league. So we got to see that entire ascension and all the stats you just, you just throw, threw up there. So Devontae, absolutely. Jordy's up there as well for me. So I got Devontae, Jordy. I got what Jordy Nelson did. I mean, he had the down year in 2017. Uh, we had like That was his last year in Green Bay, under 500 yards. He missed some time in 2012. Even then, he had 745 yards. From 2011 to 2016, he had <laughs> – so that's the only year in there he didn't have over 1,200 yards was 2012 when he had uh, 745. Like just an insane run. And those touchdowns there too, 15 – seven, eight, 13, 14, like you said, 31 coming back off that knee injury, comeback player of the year, 1200 yards, 14 touchdowns, just an absolutely insane year. So uh, he was up there and my third one, I actually, so I had originally, I had Greg Jennings up here. Um, And then the more I started thinking about it, most of Greg Jennings good years took place before this. He had two years with the Packers in this era 
And it was one of them was the last one, kind of the injury plagued one. And the one before that was pretty good, but but not great. And so I'm shifting it to a guy that I had first reserve anyway and really should have got the spot. And that's one of my all-time favorite Packers, Mr. Randall Cobb. I love Randall Cobb. He had the one, you know, truly big year in 2014 with the 1,200 yards there. But just solid all the way around. I mean, did whatever they needed him to do. Obviously missed some time, but he, just his share of just huge, huge moments from uh, you know, every time killing the Bears, whether it's 2013 or, uh, you know, the the Bears again, what was that, 2017, 2018, uh, the, the comeback game against the Bears you were at, I think that was 2017, Sarah. Um, just, I mean, an all-time great guy, just a dependable guy when he's out there, great hands, tremendous chemistry with Rodgers. So I'm ditching Greg Jennings and I'm going with Randall Cobb, uh, which I feel good about. I feel good about. So those are the wide receivers. Um Tight end, this was easy for both of us, Sarah. It's Jermichael Finley. I don't think tight end has really ever been a super, you know, quote unquote, sexy position group for the Packers. Um, some teams, you know, have been well known for their tight end, and um, Packers, not so much. I mean, I know Mercedes Lewis is kind of a legend in his own way, but not necessarily flashy where people around the league know who he is. I think if you really follow the NFL closely, then yes, but most people probably wouldn't know much about him. Um, But, you know, Finley was great when he was on the team, you know, 70 games played in green Bay. He started 48 of them, um, you know, 223 total receptions, 2,785 yards, 25 touchdowns. So pretty good. Um, So again, this was kind of a pretty simple one for me. Yeah, no, I mean, it just I'd, I looked at the numbers later just to make sure he was still good in that era. And he had a couple, he had a few years. Um, yeah, he was up that, and down just, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he always kind of had an issue with drops or whatever. I know some of his his uh, post career antics have uh, have rubbed people the wrong way for sure. Um, but he was a, as dynamic a weapon as you can have in that position. I feel like he was. I think he was everything was finally starting to click uh, when he went down with that with that injury, which sucks. Uh, but yeah, that was was. It's just Finley because, I mean, partially, like you said, Sarah, like, who else is there? Who, who else is there? Uh, Tunyon looks good, but I don't think he's done enough. And he had the kind of one year in this era, maybe. I don't even, I think he missed the cutoff, actually, with his one really good year. So this was kind of a, he, Finley was good, but also who else, who else am I supposed to put here? Again, not a sexy position group for the backers. Yeah, yeah but Finley, when Finley was on, man, he was, he was a difference maker. Um you know, you one year of Jared Cook and put one year of Jared Cook and he had the Dallas game in there, I guess. I don't know. Um, all right. We moved offensive line. And this was one. I think we have one difference. We have one difference, Sarah. This was one that I was kind of looking at. But for the most part, a lot of this set in stone. I mean, starting with right tackle, Don Barclay, as everyone knows, um, the lock at right tackle, Don Barclay. Um, I'm joking. We're all joking. Sarah, who do you have at right tackle? <laughs> I was like. What happened to the original plan that we discussed? No. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, this one's easy. Brian Balaga, Iowa. And, you know, I was explaining to Dusty before this that, you know, we always joke on here a lot that we kind of prepare last minute and that we have fun doing it that way. And that's kind of our MO at this point. Like we, we like doing it. It's kind of a fun bonding experience for Dusty, Steve, and I before we record. We say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it together. And it, it's great. We hang out. We have fun. Well, for this, we obviously had to do some research and we had to prepare. So I have a little spreadsheet that says, you know, position, player, and then rationale for each one. So I have position, right tackle, player, Brian Balaga, and rationale, you know, others is where I had the stats and the sources where I pulled the stats. And I did this about a week ago, so I had to laugh because when I we came, you know, tonight to record, I'm pulling it back up, reviewing before we start, and I just see Brian Balaga, rationale, Iowa, period. That's it. That's all I put. Um, so that's it for me. But I think, again, you know, we talked about the consistency of some other players like Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, and now Aaron Jones, I think. Brian Belaga is somebody that was consistently a force on the line and somebody that Aaron Rodgers could trust to protect him. Um, you know, we I had kind of an honorable mention or almost like a more of what could have been pick here too, and that's Billy Turner. Um, you know, injuries really kind of screwed things up here, but I think his versatility on the line and being able to move him around was something that was really valuable to the Packers. Um, and I wish that he had a bit more time or just, you know, maybe didn't get injured as much because it's almost like what, like I said, like what could have been, because when he was on and he played well, he, he was tremendous, but um, Brian Belaga's highs were much higher. So Obviously, that's who I went with, but kind of just in the back of my mind was like, hmm, I wonder what would have happened with Billy Turner. Yeah, I feel like Balaga uh, was always kind of dinged up and the injuries obviously took their toll as he went on. He was a guy who was was always like, he's like 35 years old. Like, no, he is. He's 27. Brian Balaga is 27 years old. He came in the league as like a 32 year old dude. Like you, you set him at right tackle. You set it and forget it. He was always dinged up and he missed some time. But whenever he was on the field, like just an absolute rock over there. So yeah, Brian Balaga, that was a no brainer. Um, we'll start moving inwards then at right guard. Uh, I had Josh Sitton. Sarah, who did you have? So I had TJ Lang um, and I'll kind of, go ahead and give up my left guard here because with Sitton, um, later in his career, he switched to left guard. So I was kind of struggling with this. And then I realized that that happened. I'm like, ah, that's how I can include both of them here. <laughs> I can just shift things around. You know, the line is ever changing at times. Um, so um, starting with Sitton, you know, first of all, go Knights, charge on UCF <laughs> alum. So he had to be on my list. Um, but Something that's always just amazed me is that he only missed two regular season games with the Packers in the decade that he was on the team. And he made um, all pro teams in 2013, 14, and 15. So, you know, we talked about a little bit with Brian Balaga and Billy Turner. Um, we haven't mentioned, you know, Corey Lindsley and David Bakhtiari, but spoiler alert, those are names that are coming up soon, which <laughs> should be no surprise to anyone listening. But one of the commonalities between all of those guys is their struggles with injuries and the fact that Josh Sitton only missed a couple of regular season games in you know the few years that he was on the team is really impressive especially for a guy that's always getting banged up on the line so um that was my right guard and left guard but Dusty would, would love to hear your rationale for your pick too yeah, uh, Sitton, Sitton was a guy I, I penciled in or wrote in pen from the beginning just because, I mean, all the stuff you said, like just the the, the all pro noms, like just kind of what he gave you. But he also had uh, just a really nice, I'm, I'm a big fan of guard look. Uh, and he had that like just a nasty looking it. guy. He had the hair. He had a little mean streak to him. He was the guy whenever someone hit Rogers late. 
Sitton was the first guy on him. That's a good, that's uh kind of Lucas Patrick took up that mantle uh, after Sitton, but Sitton, Sitton was that guy. Uh, and he seemed like he kind of, I think he took some guys, was a little gruff in the locker room, but I think t- took some guys under his wing. Sounds like some people thought, learned a lot from him as well. So that's kind of a kind of helping guys through, but he had that look. And I remember, I think it was, it was maybe a game against the bears. He had to kick out the tackle late because there was an injury and performed well there. I think at a position he hadn't played maybe in college, but not since then. Uh, but just great guy. And his, I mean, his career went down fast. He left Green Bay. I think he went to the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. And then a back injury just just totally ended his career uh, relatively early. Like I said, when, in, when he was in Green Bay, he was solid. He was dependable and just had that mean streak to him and had that look, man. Had that guard look. Um, and at left guard, I know this cheating. I don't think it's cheating uh, because he's only been there a couple of years. I'm going to go out in Jenkins. I, ha- I had TJ Lang initially. But I'm going Jenkins uh, just because of what we've seen, basically what we saw in the two years uh, in this that we were looking at underneath him, where he was just just came out as a rookie, showed, I, OK, I can play left guard. I can play right guard. I can play center. I can play tackle. I can play all these things and I can play them well. So this is this is somewhat of a projection because we've obviously not seen his full career, even the bulk of his career, yet, you know, hopefully. Uh, but just what he has shown in his couple of years in Green Bay, just dominance and versatility. Uh, that's a guy that I, I just, I could not, just could not keep off the list. So those are my, those are my guard spots. Uh, Sarah, let's keep on the interior. Uh, I think we both have the same person. Who do you have at center? The one, the only Corey Lindsley. I miss this man so much, not even just for what he did on the field, but just who he was. He and his family just seemed like they were tremendous people. They were always giving back to the Green Bay community. It seems like everybody liked them. Everybody loved them. The coaching staff knew them and loved them. The players knew them and loved them. Um, And again, just a consistent, consistent force on the line. Somebody that helped Aaron Rodgers absolutely embarrass teams with the hard count. I mean, the two of them it felt like they were unstoppable sometimes when they would do that. And they were just so in sync, so on the same page, but yeah, Corey Lindsley, I mean, he's an all decade human being. It's so it seems. So he absolutely has to be on the all decade Packers list. Yeah, this, yeah, this was, uh, I was trying to see if I could get a little more creative with this, but there was no reason to, I mean, he was, while he was in green Bay, he was great. I feel like he got better every single year. It's a shame that he left because I feel like his best year he had was the last year in Green Bay. He had finally kind of realized full potential, just a tremendous year, loved him. And like you said, I mean, beyond that, we try not to let that, you know, color the way of the all-decade team. But like you said, I mean, him and his family were just, they were tremendous. They were tremendous in the community. Um, I, I had a chance to meet his wife and young, I think, son, their, 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 their oh, first cool. kid, uh, at the Cheesehead House when we were there for one of the games. And just lovely, lovely people. And you just see all the work they did in Green Bay, the stuff they're doing now uh, now with the Chargers, like just just tremendous people and a tremendous player. So he was one of those guys that was, yeah, I wrote him in there before I looked up anything. And then I had to make sure that like I didn't miss anyone big, but there's no one I want more than Lindsley. Last up, Sarah, the, the most controversial one for last. Who on earth, who on earth is going to man the left tackle position, Sarah? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe number 69, David Bakhtiari. Mm, maybe. Eh, maybe. Yeah, make a case for it because I'm not convinced. I don't know. A couple all pros, a couple pro bowls, a couple great seasons. Again, this is similar to how we started. We started with Aaron Rodgers, which was a given. We're ending with David Bakhtiari, which just feels like a given. Like you said, similar to Corey Lindsley, somebody where I didn't even need to look up the stats. I didn't even need to do any research. I just said, oh, I'm at left tackle, David Bakhtiari. That's who it is. When I think of left tackle, I think of David Bakhtiari. And again, you, you mentioned earlier was sitting about just the look of a guard. I feel like if you looked up left tackle in the dictionary, that David Bakhtiari's <laughs> picture would come up from the hair to the, to the just physique, personality, the number, everything. He just absolutely lives and breathes this position. And I just hope he is healthy for this year. I know that's been something we've talked about a lot this off season and just kind of the mystery around what's happening with his rehab process. But man, I can't wait till he's back. Yeah, and the uh, beyond beyond the look, beyond all of that stuff, beyond his play on the field, where when he's on, he is uh, one of, if not the best left tackle in the game. Just the way he has just embraced uh, 
we'll say the Wisconsin way of life, uh, just just showing up at Bucks games and just throwing back beers, and then also doing the same thing with his dad at Bucks games. Like just, I just absolutely love him, love his vibe, love how much he's embraced all that stuff, uh, along with the fact that he's just just an all world uh, left tackle when he's on the field. So he said, I I am choosing to be optimistic, Sarah. Right now, I am manifesting that he's going to be the Week One starter, and I'm not really going to worry about it anymore until Week One comes and and he's not out there. But for now. I am assuming that he's going to be out there and that is, that's how I'm deciding to live my life. So that is our all decade team. I'm going to run mine down real quick at the end. So I took Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacey, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Devonte Adams, Jermichael Finley, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, Josh Sitton, Brian Bulaga. Sarah, what's your list one more time? I have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Eddie Lacey, Devonte Adams, Jordy Nelson, Jermichael Finley, Brian Bulaga, TJ Lang, Corey Lindsley, Josh Sitton, David Bakhtiari. That seems like a pretty good team. Seems I think like that team, I think they could do some damage. Yep, I think they'd be decent. I think they would. All right, well, guys, listen, that's our that's our manufactured con- ton- content for today. So appreciate you. We're next week. We're going to hit the our all decade defense team, unless some big big news drops. But that's our plan for now. Uh, we're going to finish as always with your questions, Sarah. What did we get this week? Yeah, so a few good questions as always. Thank you to everybody who um, sends in whether it was you know, your first time sending a question this week, or we have some, um, some friendly faces and names in our mentions each week that love to send in questions. Always exciting to read through as we're prepping for the episode. So our first one is from Joe C and they want to know who is your favorite random player that came out of nowhere to be a star for a few games before going back to obscurity. So I had one name that popped in my head, one name and one name only. I could try to think of some other people and I had, did have a couple, but there was one name I think most Packers fans. Now I said this name to Sarah and she looked at me blank face and I just, I, I was so sad. Um, but Hey, it's Sam Congato because it can't be anyone other than Sam Congato. Most of you I'm sure know, um, Gatto, this was uh, the 05 season. Gatto kind of showed up out of nowhere. So his first game was in week eight against Cincinnati. One attempt, eight yards, slow start. He comes back the next week against Pittsburgh. 26 carries, 62 yards. All right, eh, 2.4 yards per carry. That's fine. Whatever. He's a guy you're just kind of plugging in. You're getting the yards. He comes back against the Falcons, 25 carries, 103 yards. Then the next game, 10 carries, 7 yards. Real bad. Comes back against Philly, 26 carries, 111 yards, 20 carries and 75 yards against Chicago. Caps it off. I mean, not caps it off because he had one more game. Caps off this run against Detroit in a 16 to 13 win, 29 carries, 171 yards. That is 5.9 yards per carry. He, Sam Congato, and I don't know how tall he was. He's listed at five foot 10. I don't know that he was five foot 10, but he kind of had like kind of a stocky guy, kind of a fat little belly, nice burst to him. Really nice burst. Uh, he kind of finished out in Green Bay that year, six carries, 45 yards. So good average, but didn't really do much. Played one game the next year, and then he got traded in the Vernon Morrency deal, went to Houston, and just kind of petered out. Now, he's doing well. Gatto is a – he was, I think, studying to become a doctor when the Packers signed him. He is now an ear, nose, ear, nose, and throat doctor out in Virginia. So Gatto doing perfectly fine. But when I think of a guy that burst on the scene, just did bonkers numbers. So he, I mean, in, in the games he had, he had three games over 100 yards. He had a 171-yard game, game thrown in there. And that was like the second to last game he ever played in Green Bay. So that's the, that's the only name I could think of. It's Sam Congato with a bullet. There's no one else in my mind. Sarah, who do you got? Yeah, so for me, um, I was kind of thinking, you know, who in my I guess we can say, you know, decade plus that I've been following the Packers very closely. And when I got into it more um, growing up has kind of just been somebody that for some reason everybody was obsessed with really for no good reason and then disappeared after a while. And immediately uh, Kumaro came to mind. Um, Just, (laughs) you know, it, it was the hair. It was the whole Wisconsin thing. And everybody was in love with that. And, you know, he came and he went and now he's gone. So it's just, again, I know in preseason he played well sometimes. In training camp, he seemed to always be the talk of training camp and that everybody was like, this is the year. This is the year that Kuro is going to be it. And then a uh, good catch every now and then. And then he got cut and Aaron Rodgers has never forgiven the Packers for it. So that's that. 
Yeah, people point to Jordan Love. It was really Kumaro that set the whole thing off. He had uh, a really cool touchdown in the waning seconds of the first half against the Raiders in that game where Rodgers had the perfect QB rating. And that, when I think of Kumaro, that's like the only highlight of his I can think of. He's tiptoeing down the line. He dives and touches the pile with the ball. Tremendous highlight. It's the only thing I can think of when I think of Kumaro, aside from the fact that he almost destroyed the Packers organization. <laughs> All right, our next question is from popular uh, Twitter personality, Matt Tubb. He wants to know, should I let a single poor release from a distiller I otherwise like sour my opinion? It's like dot, 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 really, really bad. So I believe this is a question for Dusty. <laughs> yeah, I've known, known Matt Tubb for a long, long time. Uh, yeah, listen, man, um, I'm going to say... Don't don't let us sour. But listen, we, we all know how this works. Like it's going to be in the back of your mind. So what I would say is just be wary of future releases. Like don't blindly buy just whatever they put out thinking it's going to be good if you had this. Like you can maybe that trust is eroded. Maybe you can still put some trust, but they got to build that. They got to get that trust back, man. So just be wary of future releases. Don't just go in blind. Read about it a little more ahead of time. Just see if maybe they're back on track. Maybe this was just one bad release, but I know how it is, man. You that that. Years of trust just gone, and now how can I trust them again? But make them earn it back. That's all I'll say. Make them earn it back. Alrighty, our next question is from Alderon Valena. Um, they want to know what can the Packers do to make Aaron Jones their offensive MVP this year, outside of Aaron Rodgers. And then second part of the question: What is your go-to summer grill food? Is it a type of meat or vegetable? And if so, like what's the seasoning and marinade that you use? Uh, make Aaron Jones offensive MVP. I'm, I'm saying make AJ Dillon running back one, uh, and then just work to make the best of, of Jones's skill set. And I think the best way to do that is likely more pony package. I can't remember if I've talked about it here. I've been talking to a lot of people lately and I don't, I can't remember who I said what to, um, I think two years ago. So the pony package is a two running back package. Uh, when they run, Whoever, you know, two years ago it was Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Last year was was Dylan and Jones. And I think it was, you know, trying to get uh, Dylan maybe his feet underneath him a little bit more last year. Maybe the fact that when Kylan Hill went down, they didn't really have a reliable third running back. When you're running pony, you need that reliable third running back because you can't run your two running backs out there all the time and then not have anyone to spell them because then then you're kind of screwed. So two years ago, they ran this package with two running backs uh, 16% of the time. And this and the the reason you do that is you you hunt for mismatches. You're looking, you, you know, you split those guys out wide or you have them in the backfield, then split them out or whatever. You motion, you see, okay, who's covering them? Is it a linebacker? Do I have a mismatch there? When I motion them down, whether they have a cornerback covering them and then they motion it down and now I have a light box because I got a cornerback trying to fit the run instead of a linebacker. So you can kind of designate, you can dictate matchups and create mismatches that way with those two running backs in a way that it's, that it's hard to do otherwise. Um, so two years ago, again, they use it 16% of the time. This past year, 2%. Like usage went way, way down. Again, I think part of that is maybe they didn't have a third running back they felt good about. Uh, so I'm hoping that changes this year. Um, you know, I don't know who that third running back is. You know, if that's Patrick Taylor, he was there last year. If Kylan Hill's ready to go, he was there last year. If they like Tyler Goodson and maybe they like his skill set uh, and they trust him a little bit. But I, I think that's the best way to do it. R- Dylan is your every down back and Jones is your change of pace. They, they still had... Uh, you know, primarily Jones running some of the running with the ones or running, you know, the, as the primary ball handler. But I think you need to really feature AJ Dillon, put him front and center, and then just use Aaron Jones to hunt mismatches because he can do it. But I think just using him as a single back and doing that, I just, teams just really aren't falling for that anymore. So that's my how to make Aaron Jones MVP. Dillon is RB1 and more usage of pony package and hunt those mismatches. Uh, and what's my go-to summer grill food? Uh, I feel like we've talked about this a bunch. I'm relatively boring. I'll do burgers um, just because they're easy and I like sitting outside and drinking beer while I'm while I'm grilling. And also just uh, this is something Steve turned me on to, which is just it's jalapeno poppers, man. Just those homemade ones, bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. Do them on the grill. God, there's that bacon gets so crisp. It's just so amazing. That's my, that's my go-to. I don't really do, you know, do some marinade. I'll do some pulled pork um, and do some, do some different dry rubs, kind of experiment with the dry rub. It's always, every time I do it, it's a little heavier than the cayenne pepper, but that's, it's about, uh, it's about the bulk of like what I go to every time. I like to kind of mix it up a little with, with seasoning and serenade, serenade, marinade. <laughs> the serenade is on the, the serenading of, of the food. Yeah. That I hear that helps. Um, so 
you know, I, I don't have as beautiful and eloquent of an answer about what the Packers can do to make Aaron Jones their offensive MVP this year outside of number 12. I, I think it, what's very simple that comes to mind is just use him as much as possible. Um, we've seen that he's versatile and you can use him in the backfield. Like you had mentioned Dusty with different packages with Dylan, but that he's also an incredible pass catcher. So if he's open, give him the ball. If there's an opportunity to put the ball in his hands, just do it. I I don't really care. Um, I think that they should just absolutely target him as much as possible. Um, Obviously you don't want to force it to him, but Hey, if he's there, if he's available, if he's able to make plays, then why not? And I think there's also a, a beautiful, I don't, you know, to quote Aaron Rodgers, a beautiful mystery to this that, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Jones, too many Aaron's can um, also really distract a lot of teams. And then there comes AJ Dillon with those thunder thighs that can absolutely just wreck somebody's day. So, um, and congrats to him. I saw that he got married over the weekend. So shout out AJ Dillon, congrats on your wedding. Um, so that would just be kind of my short, quick thoughts there. Just use Aaron Jones as much as possible. Um, and go to summer grill food. I don't really grill a lot. I live in an apartment. So unfortunately I don't have the luxury of, you know, having a grill in my backyard. Um, but if I do, if I'm like with my parents or I'm, you know, at a barbecue or something, I, I, I would also go with burgers. I'm definitely a burger gal. Um, and you know, as far as marinade, I don't really do anything fancy. If I make burgers, I just kind of get the steakhouse seasoning and, um, some Worcester sauce and, mix it together, make sure everything's good, let it sit in the bag for a little bit, and then I'm good to go. Um, so I keep it pretty plain and simple when it comes to grilling. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Next question is from Matt Piggott from Hey, We Like Your Pod. Um, he, as always, comes prepared with a two-part question. So first part, in this deadest of dead parts of the calendar, what is the best random package news that could possibly or impossibly break? And then the food question, when you need a break, what's your go-to food? So uh, <laughs> took this two different ways. So for aiming, if I'm aiming for the stars, what's the best random package news to break? The best possible news is that Devontae Adams realized he didn't like playing with Derek Carr after all. I just didn't like him. <laughs> And the Raiders have zero leverage and they're forced to train him back to Green Bay, but they also have to eat a lot of the contract. That's the best possible scenario here. Um, now, realistically, at this point, sign Julio Jones, um, because I know all of the downsides of that. And I understand all of it. But at the same time, it's it's Julio Jones. And when he's out there, he's a difference maker, even if uh, he may not be out there very much. And even if the hamstring is going to be trouble, I would still lose my mind at a signing of Julio Jones. Um, because I'm a man who likes wide receivers and that's something that would excite me. Uh, and when I need a break, what's your go-to food? I, I took this as like uh, working from working and, and just need a little break. And I get up on a snack on something. There's like, I don't know, man, like it's all kids snacks and stuff. Like what I've taken to do because we'll just buy like different cereals sometimes. And I'll just, I'll eat those as snacks. I'll tell myself that the cereal is not a cereal in that moment. It's a snack. So right now it's oops, all berries. Because that's what I have in my house and I will get up and oops, all berries are like, if I want to be real boring, I'll get cinnamon life. That, that's the, my go-to snacks at the moment because that's what's on the shelf. Nice. Um, you kind of stole my answer for the first part of this question. I was going to say, you know, the best <laughs> impossible Packers news that could break would be that Ashton Kutcher pops out and tells us that we've all been punked and that Devontae Adams never left and that we've all been living in a simulation the past few months. Um 
But something, I mean, it's no, it's newsworthy. I don't know if it's news, and I've talked about it before, it would just be that Bakhtiari's ready to go. I think that would yes. be really good news to get a report that, hey, guess what? First day of training camp, Bakhtiari's a full participant. He's not off to the side doing any rehab training. He's, he's good to go. He's going to be great. And week one, he'll be the starter. I would love to hear that. And I think um, hopefully that's something that's possible. And then when I need a break, what's my go-to food? Um, I kind of have a similar philosophy here as you, Dusty. I I go, oh, I shouldn't eat a snack because I don't want to be unhealthy. So what's something that's not disgustingly horrible but that I can still eat? And it's um, the Welch's fruit snacks. I eat those a lot. Okay. Um, so I always throw a couple of those in my lunchbox when I go to work. And then I also just have them in my apartment too. So um, definitely kind of a go-to snack in if I just need a break and they're very small. So it's easy to just take a break real quick and eat that. All right. Our last question from friend, more than a friend of the pod, um, or technically David on Twitter, (laughs) Hewitt, uh, which is Bailey, my boyfriend. So he wants to know, and I guess this is a question for you, Dusty. Mm -hmm. Next time that we are at the Cheesehead house, should Sarah drink a signature Corey old fashioned? Yeah, dude. Yeah, listen, I, I've I've had old fashions at other bars and stuff. Like nothing compares to what Corey does. He's just such a tremendous host over there. Like he's manning he's the bar best. the entire time. It's insane. But he, so the first time I was over there, he was like, uh, "Do you want an old fashioned?" I was like, "Sure." And he does the old fashioned, does it up, and it's really good. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The next time over there, he's got uh, uh, like a creme brulee torch to like uh, to toast the orange before he puts the orange in there. He had it wasn't working at the time, but it was like bubbles infused with something that he that would like sit on there or something. And like, I think make it smoky, I believe is what what that did. It was like a smoke bubble he puts on top of it. He knows what he's doing. He's got the different names. I know Tyler uh, Herrick had done some videos with him. I know he's got like a Charles Woodson and he's got a Lombardi. I think I did the Lombardi because that was kind of more of a classic old fashioned. And then you can go back further. He's got the curly Lambeau. Like he's got all of these themes. I know there's a bunch I'm missing. So uh, yeah, yeah. Pick one. He'll describe it to you. But I think, I don't know. It's almost, it almost seems like heresy, heresy to go to the Cheesehead house and not get one of the signature old fashions. It's, it's seriously the, like the best old fashioned I've ever had. So yes, yes, Bailey. Yes, she should. <laughs> I, I've heard nothing but good things from, you from Steve, um, you know, when we went, my brother, my dad and uh, Bailey, we all went together. Uh, and Corey, like you said, was just a tremendous host. And so they tried it and they all had, you know, rave reviews, too. So, you know, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I'll have to I'll have to indulge next time if I'm able to stop by again. Alrighty, Well, that will wrap us up. Uh, great episode. I know you missed Steve, but hey, we, we made do with what we had and we, we had a good time doing it. So mm-hmm. Dusty, any final thoughts this week? Yeah, yeah. I was doing a lot of stuff this week, so I'll, I'll try to get through that relatively quickly. Um, so I did, uh, I think it came out this past Saturday with uh, Sam Holman. Uh, I don't know if, if everyone knows Sam Holman, but he uh, he does work over, I think it's Wisconsin Sports Heroic where he writes. Basically what I do with, with passing game, he does with the defense. So if you want to learn defensive scheme, what the Packers are doing defensively, uh, follow Sam, follow his work. He does good stuff. Uh, he asked me to come onto his podcast, which is over on the Packernet uh, Podcast Network. And we talked for, I think, about an hour and 45 minutes and kind of went through personnel coaching changes uh, from this past offseason and how that would impact uh, how we expected that to impact scheme. So I kind of get into some of the, uh, you know, how I expected them to maybe structure the offense without Devante and how that might look. And we just we went down uh, multiple rabbit holes, kind of chasing our tails on a lot of the a lot of that and try to look at it from like a, a scheme perspective. So that was really good. Uh, again, over if you subscribe uh, to the Packernet podcast, uh, it'll be up on there. I think it's called Talking Ball with Sam, but that was a blast. Uh, so we're, we kind of talk and hope to do that again uh, in the future, maybe in season at some point. But that was awesome. Um, I was also on yesterday a live stream with Jorge Martin. Um, Jorge is great. I did his show last year. He's a fantasy guy. Uh, and so we kind of talked about, uh, you know, the outlook for the Packers offense uh, this year in fantasy, whether that's who's going to be the wide receiver and what running back do you trust more and all of that. Uh, the best part about Jorge, um, aside from the fact that he's just a tremendous guy, he closes up with like, hey, man, what's your what's your favorite taco? And then let me uh, let me tell you some tacos you should eat, which fits as much as I love tacos and love food fits what I want to do perfectly. And so uh, kind of ran through that. He gave me what was the one he said? Uh, birria. 
birria is the is the taco he told me I should do. It's just like a spiced uh, spiced meat. I think they put in there. Like it's kind of a spicy uh, stewed meat. So I've got a. I've told him my homework assignment is in the next two weeks. I got to go find one of those tacos and eat it and report back to him. So uh, that I'm was sure fun. that'll be really difficult for you. Oh, man, it just sounds so, horrible. Very upset about it, Sarah. He was. <laughs> he told it was like three or four different ones, and I was like, dude, you got to DM me the names of those. I'm going to forget them, but that's the one I remember. So yeah, it's a tough homework assignment, but. Um, you know, I'm a man of my word. So I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I've done those this week. I also have writing stuff yesterday on Packer Report. I talked about the touchdown to MVS against the 49ers in week three, which was one of my favorite throws of the year. And I get into how they ran that concept earlier that game and blah, 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 blah. And it's the same concept. Jennings scored a second touchdown in the Super Bowl with. So I get into that and that's fun. I'm always a big fan talking about that concept. And then today on Cheesehead, I'm hoping to, because I need to finish it up tonight, uh, should be seeing uh, a article about the Packers usage of the stick concept in 2021, how the different ways they ran it, how they were successful with it, the explosive plays, all of that. So I'm hoping to do a deep dive on that. I'm about halfway through it now, and I'm, I'm really kind of hoping to dig in and get that finished up for a publication today over at Cheesehead TV. So that's a lot of stuff, uh, but it's been it's been a big week for the for the dead season. There's a lot of people want to talk ball. I think everyone's just bored and just wants to, yeah. wants to talk about well, anything. We <laughs> I mean, we talked about it last week. We finished recording. We're like, okay, we really got to think of some t- creative topics here. And are there any guests that maybe we haven't had on the show or guests that have been on the show that we can reconnect with? Because there's just nothing to talk about. Nothing's going on. Huh? Um, I don't really have any final thoughts. I mean, check out all of Dusty's stuff, of course. I mean, I, no surprise that he's doing all this amazing work, even when there really isn't much going on. So definitely, if you're if you're bored, if you need something to read um, to maybe feed your your football hunger until you know a couple months from now, Dusty's your guy. Um, other than that, hopefully they don't kill Steve Harrington and Stranger Things this week. I'm just crossing um, my fingers every, yeah. about that because I'm really worried, but excited for that. And um, you know, I, I don't know if Steve's going to be able to listen, if he's still sick, but just hope Steve gets better soon and that he's off the IR and back with us next week so he can at least do our all-decade defense team. Um, but yeah, other than that, hope everybody stays happy, healthy. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely, at Steve Perhatch, at Sarah Kelleher 4, and of course at Packaday Podcast. And we'll catch you next week. As always, go Pack Go! happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com